Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 440, also known as our glorious return. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good to be back. Did you guys have a good hiatus? Tanned, rested, and ready to go. How was the beach in Hawaii? <laughs> it was lovely. <laughs> Did you guys do anything on your time off? And then the herbivores came. I mean, we're obviously not Herbivore. going to launch into everything we did because I'm sure it was a lot. But were there any highlights of your month and a half? We announced that we're expecting another baby. Oh, yes. Woo, that's yes. big news. Liam Adrian is coming in March. Actually, the specific due date at this point is March 15th. Is it really? Yeah. Beware the eyes. Yeah. Liam and I are going to share a birthday. Maybe. Although I'm, I'm encouraging Sarah to consider waiting five days for her birthday. <laughs> so his birthday would be 3-20-2020. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know. Can't argue with that. The Ides of March is also very good. <laughs> Three fifteen twenty. That's still a good birthday. That's still, still a, good a good birthday. birthday. I don't know that I can compare anything. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I have anything that can top that. I've All watched right. a lot of movies, but I'm not going to get into them all. <laughs> well, let's move on to news. Lots of news. Um, we're not going to dig too far back into the news. Just kind of hit the highlights. Uh, the first being uh, some very sad news of Terrence Dix passing away yeah. at the age of 84. That's one that, obviously, you kind of knew it was coming. Did you ever get to meet Terrence? Was he at the con that, that he wasn't at Galley? No. And he hadn't come to any of the ones. Um, meeting Terrence uh, very briefly at Galley um, was, was both a wonderful experience and then also just a little sad because the spark of the man was still there. He was still funny and, and uh, you know with it but you could tell that age was beginning to creep up on him really yeah hmm. i thought so and so um of course i suppose that could be said about anybody but <laughs> just just the realization that it, it's now happened is it doesn't make it any easier knowing that it was going to <laughs> I don't know. I just, everything I had read, and I mean, even up to recently, he's still been doing interviews and stuff for, you know, to entertain for Doctor Who stuff. And I, I would not have guessed. I just, in his, just looking at the interviews and stuff that he was doing, and I, I would not have guessed that he was, you know, sick. But, yeah. Of course, they're a little more private with that over there. So maybe it was just jet lag. <laughs> Be. I mean, it's galley. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was, sad. I was taken, I was cut off guard by it. So, and especially since it seems like recently we've been reviewing and, and doing a lot of, especially since we've been doing a lot of the lost stories, or not lost stories, but the missing episode stories, and coupling those with books and a few of those of the you know books that he's written. And so, it, it yeah, it was just kind of a, oh wow, we've talked a lot about Uncle Terry lately, and. And I mean, so, he's only responsible oh. for what half of the uh, novelizations. I think it might be more than half. Two thirds. Yeah, according to that. Well, maybe not quite that, but yeah, according to that tar Target book that I read, or book about Target. Um, the Target books were written by uh, Malcolm Hulk, 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 
Hulk. 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 And uh, that one by uh, um, Ian Martyr and then Terrence Dix. He wrote everything that else. That one by Ian Martyr? <laughs> there were, there that was were, pretty much it. There were quite a few by <laughs> Ian Martyr. Uh, no, he was their go-to guy, though, so that's that's why that oh, was yeah. the case, is, is if, if they couldn't get a writer in or they were behind they would go to terrence terrence said yeah absolutely do it and he did he joked once how do you write a, ter- a, a target book and he says well you write 220 pages and then stop yeah <laughs> <laughs> what else we Quite got said an older news oh i should say we i think we're going to be talking about um terrence dicks on tartar sauce this week so make sure you turn it tune in to uh tartar sauce that's our uh, joint venture with sci-fi for me and you can find a link on our website Doctor Who uh, modern series is jumping streaming platforms. They're abandoning Amazon Prime and moving over to HBO Max. I'm not sure a date on that. You know, that's not surprising to me. I mean, because Warner Brothers has always had somewhat of a relationship with the BBC because they were the distribution arm here in the U.S. And I think they still retain some sort of relationship with um, the BBC and and Doctor Who worldwide, uh, particularly. And so that doesn't surprise me that they they were able to cut a deal so easily to to bring them over. I mean, every, everybody's posturing for the platforms now. We got Disney oh, Plus yeah. coming out, Apple TV's out now. You know, Warner's combining all their stuff to make their movie platform be HBO Max, and so it didn't surprise me at all when that announcement came out that that was where they're headed. I didn't have much feeling about it just because I have it all on. DVD and Blu-ray. And yeah, you know. I don't I, go to the platform if I want to watch it. I pop it in my disc. I'm the so. same way. Occasionally I'll be be lazy and because I have Amazon Prime, will go there if, right. if I'm, you know, just being particularly lazy, but it's not at all trouble to go grab the DVD or the Blu-ray. The only nice thing was the fact that if I wanted to watch it elsewhere, I could easier. Yeah. Now I won't. I'm not going to subscribe to HBO Max. Period. Yeah, so it, unfortunately, I just won't have it streaming, and they don't offer digital copies unless you pay extra for it. Yeah. So, score one for physical media. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Well, speaking of physical media, our next bit of news is the season 26 Blu-ray is coming out in the UK on Monday, December 23rd. I have not seen a US release date yet. Well, I think well, it's been three or four months between for yeah, so it'll be after the first there of the and year release here, you know, at least. because we're getting Pertwee in November, right? And then we're getting Colin Baker right after the first of the year, I think, is what I finally I, saw. Yeah, I haven't hadn't noticed, hadn't seen that. Yeah, uh, the uh, release date. Uh, the, Pertwee's definitely November. Yeah, I, I hadn't November. seen U.S. For I Colin think I yet. saw somewhere that Colin popped up on at least on Amazon for a, a street date, so. And I want to say that's in February, so. Hmm. Lots of new bonus features, of course, um, and extended cuts, and what looks like some really cool other conversations, like uh, the writer's room, where several of the writers, all the writers from that season sit down around and talk, so it's more than just the behind the sofa and making of documentaries. There's going to be a little bit more in this season, which I think is good and helps kind of justify the the blu-ray set a little bit more since it is only four stories right that's going to be a small set right but knowing andrew cartmel that'll be a an entertaining <laughs> well an entertaining the, behind the scenes all of those oh, yeah. guys and i think that's that that's what makes it i mean it's certainly easier not easier but it's it's certainly 
you're more afforded the opportunity to do it when you've got younger guys that you know are still around oh, yeah. because there's with with a lot of the old classic stuff a lot of the uh, uh the crew and, and background players have passed We've and lost so, so it's many hard of them. To, yeah, yeah it's hard to, to do something like that so it's really cool to see all the writers come yeah. back and talk about that season so it's, and it's going to be a seven disc box set so yeah. there's going to be three discs of bonus features or Lots alternate of versions of the episodes because there is the extended version of Chris Fenric and Battlefield from VHS and then the DVD special editions of both of those also um, and I don't and I think the Ghostlight bonus stuff they're doing an extended version of that also I see the truth of the matter is that there's because it's Blu-ray and they can get so much on there the season and all of the bonus features fit on two discs the rest of it is ghost light special features <laughs> explaining ghost they're going to explain there's a whole disc that's just explaining ghost light <laughs> did you guys watch the the trailer announcement video mm-hmm. man that was so good it was neat it really made me want to i ne- i never really thought of yeah i'd like to see ace back now i want ace back in the <laughs> yeah. modern series <laughs> Well, let me ask, and I, and I I meant to go check this out, but um, she's head of that organization. What's it called? Um, uh, a something Earth. Hold on. Um, well, what made me think of that was when Sarah Jane was, I think it was the end of season one, when she's a relating. A charitable Earth. A charitable, charitable Earth. Earth. When she was relating the things that people had gone on and to do after, didn't she say Dorothy was running... An organization, or had started an organization called a Charitable Earth. I th- believe so. I wondered if that when was the I saw tie the there. plaque, my brain went, "Oh, I know what that is." Yeah, specifically from the Sarah Jane. And episode, I'm not sure so. if it, it it was from that for sure, but that's yeah, it's what from I'm... Death of the Doctor. Okay. Oh, from yes, the Sarah Death Jane of the Doctor. episode. Right. Yeah. And it's also been mentioned in audio stories. Oh, has really? it? Okay. Yeah. Well, Several audio stories. Apparently, we haven't got there yet. So. Yeah. In Remembrance, specifically, mm-hmm. Soldier Obscura. And then one other one. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was cool that they, uh, they nice made connection. that connection. Yeah. Yeah. For something as simple as a trailer. Oh, yeah. I kind of hope it's a, you know, it was an announcement that we didn't really see coming. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> just the way it was even filmed, it felt like it fit in with the current season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. More, And I think that's probably my favorite announcement trailer that they've done so far. Just, the, I would agree. The potential of it is just amazing. Yeah, the one for Colin Baker I thought was cheeky, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a cop out, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. A maybe, bit. maybe cheeky was the way to go with the weight of the season and everything that was behind the scenes. Well, going maybe on at the so. Time yeah. of it, you know, maybe maybe they just thought, you know what, we're not going to wade into those waters. Although gonna, the the end play of, with the, it. the end of that one, the payoff at the end was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, in the cell with. Nicola Bryant. What are you in for? <laughs> Marion Bryant, Brad Bless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, what else we got in the news? Well, speaking of Colin and Perry, Big Finish has announced they're going to be in a new audio adventure set for 2020. These stories will take place after the Trial of the Time Lord and their audio adventure, The Ronnie Elite. Mm. So Perry and the Doctor back together again. For a new box set. There's a whole bunch of Big Finish news, so we're just going to rattle through it real quick. Uh, Freema Adjaman is returning to Big Finish, this time in this in Torchwood, Dissected, 
So Martha Jones is coming back to Torchwood. Woohoo! Now Glenn has to listen. <laughs> uh, they have announced the 12th Doctor Chronicles, which is coming in 2020. Um, that is going to feature, much like the 11th Doctor Chronicles, Jacob Dudman mimicking Peter Capaldi's voice and telling the story, kind of a narration sort of thing. <laughs> I just... I, I've, I've made my peace with replacing older actors. Initially, I, did, was, I was kind of thinking I didn't like that, but then the Richard Herndl, you know, discussion was kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. But replacing an actor who's it's, it's, still active again, seems I think, weird to me. I think you're... you're... You're looking at it all in the wrong perspective, and maybe it's because you haven't listened to any of the Chronicles. That's ones. that's true too. Is yeah. and that's exactly why I'm so glad that you do, they call it the Eleventh Doctor Chronicles, the Twelfth Doctor Chronicles, the Tenth Doctor Chronicles, the Ninth Doctor. Yeah. I, I like that they do that because it's like somebody re, re, reading a story in their voice, you know, telling a story in the, the voice of the Doctor. You know what I mean? It's it, it, uh, David Tennant. I think if I'm Remind me if I'm correct. There is a Tenth Doctor Chronicles as well as so. him having his own series I, I as well. Think so yeah, and so I, I like that. So the difference is it, the blah 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 Doctor Adventures actually features that actually the actor. features the right. actor. Now again, we've only had one that has come on board to do that, and that's David Tennant. But um, but that gives them that that leeway for later when Peter Capaldi decides, hey, I'm ready to do some big finish. Then you do some, you know, the Adventures of or the Twelfth Doctor Adventures at that point. So where it's literally. You're listening to an adventure instead of listening to somebody recount an adventure. So, uh, just the rebranding on the Nicholas Briggs did. They they had him. Well, he had him do <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Ninth Doctor because he does a very passable Ninth Doctor. Yeah. Now he admits he's not dead on, and I would agree he's not dead on. But when you listen to it, you can get into the story because you're listening to him tell a story about the Ninth Doctor. In the voice of the Ninth Doctor, and so. it's it's essentially their versions of the BBC books that the yeah, audio books yeah. that they used to do. Right, I know. I just think it's, especially with, you know, I can't imagine Capaldi not wanting to come and do it. He just he just hasn't had the time yet, and I think Big Finish may be putting the cart before the horse in a manner of speaking. Mm-hmm. That they're rushing the into it. Matt to, Smith, though, you know, I think Matt Smith will come and do it eventually, but he's just too busy right now. Now, Eccleston, that one's probably a safe bet that we're just going to well, continue to let Nicholas... softened up lately. We might be on well, the verge true, of too. getting the Eccleston uh, <laughs> audio. That's true, too, but I don't know. Is that it? That's it for Big Finish News. The All last right. bit of news we have is there has been an author change for the next Lethbridge Stewart, The Laughing Gnome book on His Majesty's National Service. It's going to be written by John Peel now. Woohoo, John! Yeah, very good. You can pre-order that now. All right, we're going to forego all of our feedback this week because we had a lot of news, and we're going to go ahead and uh, move straight forward into uh, this week's review. Legacy of time lies in ruins. On a strange ruined world, a renowned archaeologist opens an ancient tomb, only to find another archaeologist got there first. Professor Summerfield and Song reunite to solve a mystery. Or, I'm sorry, unite to solve a mystery. <laughs> I, was just, I was about to say, wait a minute, were they, <laughs> have they been in something together before? Then the Eighth Doctor arrives and things become really dangerous because their best friend isn't quite the man River and Benny remember. 
Bum, bum, bum. I absolutely love this one. I like this one a lot, too. Just the interactions and relationship between Benny and River is just so enjoyable. I could probably sit and listen to an adventure of just them without the Doctor in it. I would agree. I enjoyed that so much. Yeah. And then you had the Eighth Doctor on top of it, which, you know, you put the Eighth Doctor in anything, that just elevates it even more. Yeah. Let alone how good of a story it is and the twists and turns that I don't never didn't never saw coming throughout the story. Yeah, Paul McGann was truly the icing on the cake. I was so enthralled with the uh, the Benny and uh, River team up that it was like, oh, this is brilliant. It's about time, you know. Yeah. Somebody, it's it's kind of like getting Daleks and Cybermen together in Doomsday. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, how come this hasn't happened yet? <laughs> And then it did, and it was awesome and glorious and, and so much fun. And then the Eighth Doctor showed up, and it was like, oh, this just got, like, a zillion times better, and it was already great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I can say the same for the plot. I still had a couple of... I, I enjoyed the ride so much that I'm completely willing to give it a pass just because the, the, the characterizations were a lot of fun. But the overall plot just... It, it, I don't know, it felt a little bit like the, some of the same problems that I had with the first episode of the River Box set, where it was just kind of there, and it wasn't really enough to get me into the proceedings. But it, it's, that's a small quibble, because the how much fun I had listening to these actors bounce off one another. I I I kind of felt the same way. I think I, I absolutely loved um, River and Benny together. I thought that was that's the best part of this whole story. In fact, Paul McGann's almost second to that uh, in this whole thing. Um, and I think part of that is is purposeful and 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 right to the point of the plot that this is kind of him in the midlife midlife crisis mode. This is mm-hmm. you know him mm-hmm. avoiding the time war, him not getting involved. Um, he's invented this or he's yeah basically invented this companion uh that he's running with which in his head i think is is the ideal it's like his motorcycle you know it's like he is he has hit middle age and he's ready to get the sports car or the motorcycle you know to kind of recapture his youth and i think that's what re is is manifested as in this is that the reason why she's an android is because she's the perfect yes man or yes woman companion for him you know, you're so great. You're, you know, you, you, you came up with that. You're, you're so smart. And that's, that's very much how she comes across. And, and obviously later unfolds the reason she comes across that way is because she's pretty much programmed that way. <laughs> he, um, she was built that way. But um, also, which I thought was kind of interesting is, is it was a bit of a um, callback or link forward to the uh, Android master that uh, the Shaka doctor gets. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a, a neat little allusion to that without canonizing you know Shanko doctor um being able to go that route and i think that the, the the third element of the Rhea character is the fact that Rhea was a um uh uncanonical con- was the name of an uncanonical uh, companion that was i believe in the doctor who comics with the future incarnation of the Doctor after Seven, that was uh, modeled after the Nicholas Briggs Doctor that he played in the, um, I think, the audiovisuals. So, huh. yeah, he actually had a companion named Rhea, and I think this was a nod to 
<laughs> that as well. So very clever, um, big. Fish. So uh, yeah, a lot yeah. of little clever wrapping around that. Um, I thought that it worked, and but plot wise, I kind of felt like it felt a lot. It felt. It, I think it's supposed to, but it, it felt very out of character for the Eighth Doctor. I didn't see the Eighth Doctor ever going to that. It's almost like he loses his mind a little bit. He loses his marbles a little bit out of out of blind rage and frustration. And, and so that seemed a little too much. But if anybody's going to bring him back from that edge, I think having River there was mm-hmm. really kind of the, the, the perfect companion to do that. I bumped on that a little bit too. And I wondered how much of that was, be- how much of my bumping on it and not, not quite, it not sitting well be because I haven't listened through Dark Eyes and Ravenous and everything that essentially has built up to this point. I agree. Because I would assume that even this is set middle of Time War box sets. I'm not entirely certain, but it would at least be between box sets before he actually starts Time War. I think so. Building that kind of chaoticness in his life. The deluxe edition... Uh, of this that came out first had a bunch of interviews and I got through some of it. Um, and I think they had said that this goes all the way up through ra- uh, Ravenous mm-hmm. box f- series four, but I don't know that they had touched on anything that happens in time war. So, uh, okay. Um, or at least hadn't laid into that area yet. So, um, See, it's interesting but, you say that because I, I thought I didn't have as much problem with the, later part of the story with the defense shield and all they have to do is stop firing you know that almost seemed very much in 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 character the doctor that he has built a shield it's defensive it's not necessarily his fault that well they're going to keep pounding on it until it bounces back and kills them that that's the problem that i had is it you, you always the doctor's always portrayed and i think for the most part with the exception of maybe uh divergence um universe for the most part, McGann always feels like a very forward-thinking doctor. And so, I guess, on the other hand, though, he's also the, oh, doctor, you idiot. So he's kind of the the uh, <laughs> fallible doctor as well. Um, I don't know. It just, it, as far as the doctor as a character, it just, I, it's really hard to see any of the earlier doctor I could I could see Tennant doing something like that. Tennant was very much on the yeah. edge a lot. Uh, but no again, second chances. And... Yeah, but again there was a lot that had had, had led into that uh, the time war and and the use of the quote unquote use of the moment. Um kind of allowed for that. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of and a last of his kind that kind of thing. This I just don't, and again, I think it's pro, as as Keith pointed. I think it's because we're not as familiar with everything that's led up to this. It's it just felt a little maybe out of character for me. And I think if if we have had listened to Dark Eyes and and Ravenous, I think maybe I'd have been more prepared for this uh, this Eighth Doctor. There there may be a reason that I'm a little more okay with it than you are, and I won't go into why. So the, <laughs> maybe now, now that you've said that, I kind of think no, maybe stuff. Maybe, I mean, well, maybe there's a reason. And certainly, even not having listened to those, it feels like he's on the slippery slope towards the War Doctor. Yes, yes. like yes. he's always destined to to head that direction, and that the adventure of Night and the Doctor is a latch, almost a last ditch effort to retain his true self of who he is sure. before finally giving in and going, okay, I'll fight this war. Yeah. So it feels like he's a part of that slope that's going downward. Yeah. I think it was the 
the the listful listless um kind of rudderless doctor in the earlier part of the story is where I think I had more issues with it where he was just kind of like la 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 oh hey hey ladies this is Rhea I'm going to go over here <laughs> just... see that was more familiar to me because we had just gone through what was the beginning of uh or the yeah the beginning of this last eighth doctor adventure series where he had spent you know 800 years with the jellyfish. Oh, post-Orbis. Yeah. So this was very post-Orbis doctor for me. Yeah. This very, I mean, aloof kind of, you know, yeah, however you described it. That was familiar. That was, that was, and probably because we have just listened to that. And so I think maybe I connected more with that part of the personality rather than the kind of, you know, Time Lord Triumphant uh, personality that we end up with. It's interesting. Yeah. It'll be an interesting, uh, I don't know, maybe we should put that down as a, a topic that we'll go and we'll chart the, the, you know, the different moods of the Eighth Doctor compared from when he starts to when he, you know, post-Orbis to the, the War Doctor slide to, you know, I mean, just mm-hmm. be kind of an interesting topic. Yeah. We're going to have to get a lot more under our belts first. That's very true. <laughs> Another Especially thing. the pace they're well, we're not out. We're not ready yet, but. <laughs> Something I was worried about going into this was putting such two big personalities and quasi similar characters of, of Bernice Summerfield and River Song in the same story. And I think while it it works really well, I thought that they would be almost too similar in order for it to work, but they're just enough different in their methods and their thinking and their, Mm -hmm. this, this story really, if you read a Benny Summerfield book, or story, or listen to a story with Benny in it. You you find yourself going, oh, that's very river like. That's very river like. That's very river like. And when you watch or hear River Song stories, you find yourself thinking, oh, that's very Benny like. That's very Benny like. <laughs> so, at least from my perspective, and I probably maybe I have a little more, even more so because I've been reading the uh, Virgin New Adventure books, but. <laughs> So I thought you're going to put those two together and then you're going to have this really weird dynamic. But they're just, you can just tell they're they're just similar enough but just different enough that they really work so well together. Yeah. And uh, to, to realize that, you know, River obviously was a, a, was a pupil, a of, pupil of, of, of Benny's, <laughs> which works even more that than a great way that to t- maybe some it. of Benny rubbed off on River and then, you know, River brought to it her own personality and quirks. And it's just, it's, it, it's, it's so good. And, and, both of them perform in the in much and and both of these gals are very very familiar with their own characters so it's it's not hard to do but written wise Benny is very Benny in this and River is very River in this and I just I don't know how to describe it any better other than they just in the writing and the performance embodies both the characters mm-hmm. so well in yeah, this story it really does agreed all right, well, should we move on to the next story? The Split Infinitive. We should let people know we're just doing two of these uh, each week, right? Three. For the next three weeks. Three for the next two weeks, right? Three yeah. for the next, that's what I said. <laughs> you had the numbers right, just yes, in the wrong you're order. you're right, I did have the backwards. <laughs> the cr- a criminal gang appears to have recruited a member of with time-bending powers. It's a case for the countermeasures team. In the 1960s and the 1970s, the Seventh Doctor and Ace have their work cut out to save the day twice over and to make sure Gilmore, Rachel, and Allison don't collide with their past or their future. 
Bum, bum, bum. I really liked this one. I had a little trouble getting into it. Uh, just because it was such a gear shift change from the last story. It felt very different. And, you know, especially since the Doctor took a while to show up. But once I got into it and understand the mechanics of how it was working, I really enjoyed it. I highly appreciated this one for the structure and what they did with it. I thought that was very clever. This is my least favorite of the really? of the series of the of the entire box set overall. Um, it it felt very Matthew uh, Matt Smith era storytelling of mm-hmm. of the duel. Um, but I thought it was clever and pulled off really well. And Ace and the Doctor are enjoyable. The countermeasures team is enjoyable. Thank goodness we've gotten <laughs> a couple of countermeasures <laughs> stories now under our belt uh, in, in order to be familiar enough with, with what's going on here. Um, but overall, it just... I don't want to say I didn't like it because it was exhausting to listen to because a lot of times... When you're engaged with something that much, it's so much fun to be able to kind of think through how this is, you know, happening. It almost is. It it felt repetitive to me, and I think that that, I think that they, some of that was on purpose. Yeah, but. and I think that that's what to its detriment. I think mm-hmm. is, is is for me anyway is why. Now, don't get me wrong; it's a good story, and I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it, but this is certainly my least favorite of, of the set. Um, the Doctor and Ace were. Uh, really terrific and i like the fact that they're you know she she's dumped off with the past team and he's in the future and they have to continue to explain that it doesn't matter what happened in the past because these events are happening you know congruently to each other you know things are going to things could possibly different it just because you didn't die in the past doesn't mean you're not going to die in the past now because the events of what's going on (laughs) yeah i thought that was a very clever working of that in order to have a segment in the past happen and then i mean it was almost a trope when they would come back to the uh the, the, the future segment oh yes i remember now this is what happened to that because you didn't have that memory until it actually happened right. that was a really cool dynamic of, of putting that in there um i'm not sure how it actually works but you know, you know and, and <laughs> the other thing it does is it gets around the uh you know a lot of times you go well we know the doctor survives because you know, there we've seen stories beyond this, but it was really kind of cool to be able to put a sense of just because it happened and you're still alive now doesn't mean that you, you know you're not going to die in the past. I thought that they yeah. that they did that very clever because there's you know you could have easily defaulted to the whole well he's still here now so obviously they fixed yeah. it but they didn't because of the way that this time entity was splitting the what was it initiative <laughs> well and the fact that infinitive infinitive the fact that you know Kazan or whatever the the bad guy's name is actually succumbs by that method where he dies in the past and disappears in the present i thought that was a great way to finally show us after talking about it for so long mm-hmm. how it was going to work the payoff yeah i uh yet again this is one that only the seventh doctor and ace could have pulled off because i can't see the doctor entrusting any other companion to kind of roam around in another decade maybe the fifth doctor with nissa but 
you know, just, yeah, go take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, Ace is up to that challenge. Yeah. And it, 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 it kind of fits right in with, you know, whatever training that we may or may not be gearing up for. But it, it, that was that was very cool. And the countermeasures group, the more I hear, I mean, just, again, kind of serendipity that we hit three of them in a, a, a short succession the way we have. But the more I hear the countermeasures group, the more excited I am for countermeasures. I kind of like, I think we just maybe need to get a box set on the, on the list and go. Um, and I think it will maybe retroactively fix a lot of the things that I had issues with Andy's story being that that was the first one we jumped in on yeah. is that the more familiar I become with them the more I enjoy these people sure so. I agree the only part of this that I have a little quibble with is the the MacGuffin is the, the the being itself that got split in two and very little explanation of how why and what happened it just it, just, it kind of became the hand waving we fixed it <laughs> well yeah I, I would agree and but Moving forward with the box set, I think I'm beginning to see a thread uh, and assume that the explanation of what happened is coming down the road. Yeah. That's... I'm holding out, you know. <laughs> you haven't listened I'm, to everything yet. I right? haven't listened and to everything You haven't yet. listened to everything no, yet. Yeah. No. So. I'm only about half a story ahead of where we're at recording-wise. So. Yeah. I'm I'm under the assumption that all will be revealed, and I'm withholding judgment of that aspect of it until I know for sure. I will say that I did have to physically restrain myself from proceeding on into the fourth story <laughs> when I, when I was listening to these because it would have been very easy to do that, and then I got to worry that because I listened to these kind of at the beginning of last week, and I was like, I don't want to get too far ahead, <laughs> yeah. and I already feel like maybe a week's worth is going to be too far. So I'm I'm grateful that Keith gives us a synopsis because then my brain goes, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm still a few weeks out from having heard these, and and I had forgotten this was the second story in the set because they don't necessarily go in order, forwards or backwards. So, what do you what do you guys think of the their explanation of the unit dating controversy? <laughs> one more yet again. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one more attempt to answer that question, and I, I think it's it's clever enough if 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 you want to if this is where you want to land and say well this is why <laughs> i think it could there's probably enough room in the canon for all of the explanations yeah, to fit in i'm sure there is i do kind of wish that a unit dating controversy explanation would have been given in a unit story yeah. instead of a countermeasure <laughs> story but yeah that's a quibble i mean that's true <laughs> Unit probably just doesn't even bother with it. They just, they, you know, we've got two filing cabinets. One's marked seventies, <laughs> one's marked eighties, and it's got duplicate files in both. Well, that's one thing that kind of sat weird with me is the fact that this is set in the sixties and the seventies, not the seventies and the eighties. So it feels like a not really attempt to explain unit dating controversy because it's dragging the seventies back to the sixties. So how I guess that. Yeah, it drags which, the rest of which time. Which is also dragging the rest of the time. Yeah, back, but so, it just feels you know, I don't know. I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. I thought they were gonna also jumping tracks completely, tie this into a first doctor companion chronicle story because there's one called the rocket men have you guys listened to that one i'm familiar that there it's, is one it's a really good story and the fact that there it's a society where there's there are these rocket men in the future space world and i wonder if that's what they were trying to do with these rocket men because that's really, sort of the impression i got they don't really give any other explanation yeah it was so. a call, it was a call 
back or forward to that. So, yeah. Well, just because of the way that line is dropped, the Rocket Men, and then it's a dun dun dun, and they go to the next scene, and it, it kind of felt like I just felt like there almost needed to be more of a acknowledgement if it is supposed to be more than anything else, and if it's just an Easter egg for the people who have listened to that story, cool, I picked it up. <laughs> if not, then... is it the same author? Good question. That, that, that would be, I think, maybe what cements that one. But um, I, I, I will say that when I heard that, I felt cheated that I haven't listened to the Rocketman yet. <laughs> well, this was John uh, John Dorney. Dorney is the uh, uh, the Rocketman. Is that um, one of the um, the new Doctor, uh, the new first Doctor. Uh, I don't believe it is. I believe I it's... Uh, William Bradley. Thank you, William Bradley. It seems like I had heard that. I had listened to that story. I but believe I it's remember. a companion chronicle. Okay. I think maybe I have listened to that, but it's been a while back. Yeah, it was Companion Chronicles 6.2, written by John Dorney. So, okay, well, there yeah, you go. That's, I'm uh, calling it official. Yeah, it's official. <laughs> I think that was an odd... <laughs> And it fits kind of the characterizations from that story, too. So. Yeah. Um, my least favorite thing about this was uh, Kazan. I, I didn't like the portrayal or performance, and I thought the villain was a bit two-dimensional, which I guess maybe works in this kind of story. When where you, I guess when you've got such a complex situation you're trying to explain, you can't you have two three-dimensional. You kind of simplify your villain, huh? He definitely chewed the scenery. He did chew the scenery a lot. <laughs> well, you know... This would be Michael Keaton before he becomes the vulture. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next one. The Sacrifice of Joe Grants. When pockets of temporal instability appear in a Dorset village, unit are called in. Soon, Kate Stewart and Joe Jones find themselves working alongside the third doctor while Osgood battles to get them home. This isn't the first time Unit has faced this threat. Only before, it seems that Joe Grant didn't survive. Pom, pom, pom! <laughs> yeah, this, is, this one is definitely one of my favorites, if not the best in the, in the entire set. This one, this one made me... This was a tearjerker for me a couple of times, <laughs> towards the end especially. Yeah, um, especially in the other And I, 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 when I started this one, I kept thinking, okay, are they going to go there? Are they really going to go there? Are we going to are we going to off Joe Grant in this story? <laughs> Spoilers, by the way. Well, it's, um, t- it's kind of in the title. No, no. I mean, <laughs> well, we're going to be spoiling this. Um, but oh yeah, just I, I wonder are they re- is it, is, are they done? Are they going? Are, is, is are they going? Is she stepping away? Yeah. Is she well, done? or the or are they going to say, oh, we're going to do this story here, but then you know if we want to do more, obviously we can. You know, set back before, up and set yeah. set in the past because this is Job Grant in the future. This is like present day. Yeah. So yeah. or yeah, present day. Post unit box set that she did. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, it, this is present day Joe. We still have you know past Joe that we can still do. Oh yeah. Third Doctor yeah. Avenger stories with. So, um, it wouldn't have been unheard of for them to kill off present day Joe, and so I I just I kept waiting for it. Kept waiting. Okay. Yeah. That, so it's one of the it's one of those situations where. You don't go, well, you know, I know she's going to survive. You sit there going, well, they, she may actually make the ultimate sacrifice for this. And she really literally almost does, except for you know, the doctor, who's very sentimental and <laughs> soft. 
but he's not because the third doctor never is <laughs> but to have that moment it so paid off it was so good yeah so good i felt as much as i enjoyed the moment i felt it was a little too easy it was we, easy. We don't get an explanation of how he did it or anything else. I don't else. think it's we just, needed it, though, because it was the third doctor. Had anybody else done it, I'd have been, okay, I want to know you know, how to, how to, the third doctor, just knowing that he did. you got to rely on the emotion of the moment yes. the, yeah. instead of putting your logic into and it. And just knowing that it was the third doctor that did it, yeah. who is probably one of the most staunch, you know, by the book kind of, of doctors that there is. And this is the third doctor, well... We don't know when he actually did did it, so I would have in my head canon because I think he kind of softens more once Joe leaves. He does, yeah. And I, I, I like to think with, with my, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, I like to think in my head that because of the way Joe leaves, he's like, I'm gonna go save her. Yeah, to make sure she can have that future. I think you're right. I so it's it's right. part of the you know his sadness of her leaving him spurs him to go do it. Well, but she she did get to have that future, yeah. Because but, it's know, still future or from still, still present day fu- future Joe future. Making the you sacrifice. Know? Yeah. Ah, uh, just that was really good, and then you know, <laughs> <laughs> Kate, and then Kate getting and, to talk to her dad. That was uh, oh, and I it. thought for almost the entire time we weren't actually gonna. I didn't think, hear the Briggs voice. I didn't think we were either. In the in the performance of the Brigadier, I thought was very spot on. Yeah, it was so well done. At first, I thought they had gone in and pulled audio clips and stitched yeah, it, it together. Was that good. Yeah. That's how good it was. Yeah. Actually, I knew that they didn't because I had heard back when they announced this box set the, who the guy was going to uh, do the voice. So. It's so good, it's so good. Um, but then I, I I love the fact that her her resistance of doing it, and not mostly to the fact that it would be so much it would be so painful for her, you know, knowing that he has already you know passed that that you know, but never getting to say some of the things that she wanted to, and just her being very resistant from, you know, but using the excuse of, you know, well, I, I can't because that would, yeah. you know, kind of mess up, you know, that's dangerous and that kind of stuff. You using that guy's as, as more of a, I just don't think she felt like she could deal with it and or rather than, mm-hmm. than there bearing any sort of threat. Yeah, no, that was totally the, the, the cop out reasoning and in, oh, in yeah. Kate's mind, which is what made that moment, that much more, you know, the, 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 she finally gets over the idea and does call. And I was with you. I didn't think we'd actually hear it. Um, but then we did. And I think it was, it was probably more satisfying that we did. Mm-hmm. And I, I think by that was... point we'd all been kind of drugged through the ringer and needed yeah, to hear it. Yeah. 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 And the fact that it was such a short amount, we didn't get some long drawn out. Yeah, we didn't hear the whole conversation. Yeah, we just heard the tail end, and that was just the right amount. Well, and I like the fact too that the brig, in one of his moments of clarity, um, is is with it enough to kind of sort of think he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that they didn't come out and say it, but they implied. Yeah, and that 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 was enough for me to go. All right. I'm good with this. Well, it would have been too much if they'd come out and said it. So yeah. with just having that subtle implication, I thought was, yeah. Um, 
this is actually this is the one <laughs> that made me okay with recasting. Oh, is that right? <laughs> um, because oh, yeah, because he hasn't heard you any haven't heard Tim Trelore, have you? And I've not heard any Tim yeah. Trelore, and he is phenomenal. Isn't he great? He's not quite spot on, but he, he's good enough that it's easy to let it, mm-hmm. you know, let it slip away. Oh, you completely fall into the character after yeah. a while because yeah. you you notice the subtle difference starting off but then once you're into the story you you've totally bought into the fact that he's the third time it's the equivalent of listening to an, an older peter davidson or an older call you know and mm-hmm. you just once you get acclimated you're off and running mm-hmm. and he was so so good as the third doctor the, the rhythm the cadence the the speech patterns the inflections on certain words uh just mesmerizing mm-hmm. listening to this and I really enjoyed the, uh, it was, I mean, it's technically a callback or a future callback or forward, call forward, that when Joe's going on about, well, look at my face, I don't look the same, and he's kind of like, <laughs> oh, don't you? And it, it was very um, 11th Doctor and, or 12th Doctor 12th and, uh, and Clara, uh, Clara. Yeah. you know, it's just, I, I just see you, I don't see, you know, I thought that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh. There's so many good moments in this. There's a lot yeah. of great moments in this. Osgood. Just, <laughs> Osgood just was great. Joe with the unit team, I just love. Yeah. It's so enjoyable. Her relationship with Osgood and Osgood throughout the entire thing is great. And Kate throughout the entire thing. I, I had hoped that they were going to do a little more um, connecting Sergeant Osgood to uh, Osgood, <laughs> but I just thought... It'll be so easy to do it now. It's oh, yeah. so easy. This is your opportunity. When, when she said, oh, Osgood's going to do it, and all the third doctor had to do is Osgood? I've got yeah. an Osgood. <laughs> I thought, yes, this, is, this is the moment that's to do it. Maybe do. that's all they wanted, but I just, it, yeah. I just wanted a little more validation. That, <laughs> that was dad or granddad or something. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I, um, it's, it's not important. Because obviously the, the the thrust of the story is more on the emotional end. Is anybody else a little weirded out that we are living in a future now where there are dead people that have risen from the grave that are still alive that are, are you know that are back? And Eunice just going to kind of clean it up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're going to take care oh, of I that. Just, well. I assume clean it up. You know, click click. No, I. <laughs> I mean. The peasants, that one's an easy one. Yeah. The, 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 the fact that they brought back a peasant from 1400s and they're now in present day. I can buy that. But the guy that died last week <laughs> crawled out of his... <laughs> that, to me, is going to require a bit well, of... yeah. Some, some explanation there. Uh, but no, it no, was just... I nah. kind of <laughs> glossed over it because of the fact that the rest of the... The fields were all there, just blew all the rest of that off. The... That's the thing about the story is the plot is fairly thin and kind of hard. <laughs> you can't look at it too closely because they've designed it so that you have tears in your eyes, so you can't look at it too closely. <laughs> you can't see the holes through the tears. That, that's very true. Worked for me. <laughs> and I assume, again, that this is part of a bigger arc because it's been time issues and something breaking through time causing these things. And obviously... They didn't fully resolve whatever the issue was. So, yeah. Well, and this one was the first one that I felt 
definitively well who called pretending to be you yeah uh, now yes. we have a villain yeah there, there, yes. there is somebody behind this right so this for me was the one that the kind of ah maybe there is maybe there is more to this the game's afoot the game is <laughs> anything else on these uh three particular stories you guys yeah. having fun they're, I'm really I just enjoying think it. They're really good. I just, it's, I'm really enjoying it. All right, Sean, what are we coming up on the schedule? Well, we don't know. <laughs> we came rushing back into the studio from our hiatus. Well, we sure know we what we're no doing plans. next week. So. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, uh, uh, what is the name of this uh, overall? Did you Legacy say it at the beginning of, of the Legacy, Legacy of, time. of time? You did. Okay. Uh, well, we're continuing on with the Legacy of Time, the big, massive, big finish 20th anniversary collection. We will do the uh, final three stories next week. We'll be reviewing those. And then we're going to be having a little fun with a return to our Beyond the Doctor series, where we go and take a look at Doctor Who actors in other works of fiction. Do you know why? Why? Because you know what time of year it is? What time of year is it, Glenn? spooky time. Spooky time? Spooky time. (laughs) September 1st entered the Halloween season. You've, you've, For me, anyway. <laughs> you've really corrupted me. A spooky time. Because as soon as September 1st rolled around, I I got into Halloween. See? Month. There you go. I don't know why. So, not, I, so I'll have you converted to November 1st being Christmas time. No, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween I'm okay with. As somebody else said, we need to celebrate Halloween more for the fact that it's the only thing holding Christmas back from starting in August. That's, that's certainly <laughs> true. true. Yeah. So, but yes, we're going to be uh, we're going to be we we haven't quite finalized our list yet, but uh, look for it online. We're going to be looking at uh, specifically doctors and the actors who played the doctor as they made appearances in horror films. Or suspense thrillers, or <laughs> there you go, sp- sp- we spooky are, time movies. We are we are blurring the line a little bit, yeah, but certainly thrillers of, of some sort. So, so we will get that list published and online, and uh, so what we're finishing up with the big finish, and then doing the uh, the, the spooky time stories uh, up through the end of October for Halloween. Yes, and then uh, and then we'll be back with more. And we also have uh, top come. TopCon coming up in a few weeks, and uh, we'll be doing That's a little right. something for that as well. Yeah, if you're in the area, definitely come visit and uh, see us at TopCon along with uh, um, Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi for me. me. Yep, we'll be doing something special for them as well. Joint panel. All right, be sure to check out our website, travelingtovortex.com, as Sean mentioned for those updates. And this week, you'll also find some more big finish reviews from uh, listener Jamie. He was kind enough to send some more along, so we've got those posted. And thank I'll, you, Jamie. I'll give you a, a little foreshadowing. We've got even more coming that'll be posted on there. So keep an eye on that while you're there. Be sure to click on our Patreon link. Consider supporting us. And remember, you can send comments and feedback to feedback at traveling the vortex or by clicking on the send feedback link. Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. And welcome back. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.